This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited about today. How many of you guys came expecting to receive, right? I kind of like the illustration, you know, when we go into, you know, I, when I go to Olive Garden, I expect a good meal. We got to go there this week for an RMAI meeting with some of the other pastors, and it was great, right? When you order, it's like you expect a very, very good meal, right, with just perfectly cooked cream and shrimp and chicken, and I, I need to stop talking so you guys don't get hungry, but you're expecting something good, right, when you order from them. But then when you pull through McDonald's parking lot, it's like you're not expecting much, right? Am I right? So I hope that when you come to church, you're expecting, not from me, right, but you're expecting that the Holy Spirit is going to speak something into your life. You're expecting that something is going to be said, something is going to be deposited, something's going to be planted on the inside of you, a need is going to be met, there's going to be an answer to a problem that you have. That's the expectation that we have. Maybe it's an expectation of, of giving, an expectation of serving, an ex- expectation of, of giving of what it is that God has blessed you with. Maybe it's a word of encouragement to somebody that you come into contact with. I don't know what it is, but there should be an expectation that you have when you walk and when you, when you talk and when you go on. Not, not all about yourself, but about giving and being a blessing to others. And so I hope that that's your attitude and uh, that is the attitude that we need to have in these last days is an attitude of expectation. Can I hear an amen? All right. Well, today I want to talk to you guys. The title of my message is One Thing. One thing, and, and uh, if you guys have your notes there, um, the, the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is an encounter. An encounter is defined as meeting between hostile people. That's the, first, that's the first definition of an encounter. Did you guys know that? So let me give you an illustration. Uh, I brought a picture of uh, when Greg and I were young, uh, we had these four-wheelers, and uh, Mom and Dad said they'd never buy us new four-wheelers, and, and by, by God's grace and mercy and their generosity, we ended up with brand new four-wheelers one Christmas. It was, it was an encounter like no other. And, uh, but years later, I kept the little, the little blue four-wheeler, and this is what we do now in our backyard. Uh, we pull four-wheeler, you know, we pull wheelies with a kayak on the back. You know, I'm just live, reliving the dream. That's really what it's all about, right? So... To give you a little bit of story on this is that when we were young, in the first picture, not the second picture, this wasn't just a few years ago, this was years ago, uh, uh, I was driving this little blue four-wheeler, and I had a friend that lived down the road, and, and he had a Suzuki 230, it was an amazing four-wheeler, it was so fast. Well, this was only a 100cc four-speed, right? I mean, it was just like, right, real, real, real slow. And so one day, you know, we were out, and we had been out, and we, and we found some deer, and we were chasing these deer. And now, you know, deer, they live a boring life. They needed some excitement in their life, and so we just chased them, right? We weren't going to kill them. We weren't, you know, overworking them, and, and they were so far in front of us, it didn't matter. So we had chased them, and we came back to the road, and uh, when we got there, there was a car sitting there. I was like, man, this is totally weird. And... Uh, when we got out, when we got to the road, it's like this, this uh, lady got out of the car, and she did not look happy. And so we, we stopped short of the road just to keep our distance because we weren't real sure what was going on. 
And uh, this lady was not happy. She was unhappy about the fact, and she was telling us about the fact that we should not be chasing the deer. And so this was our first very, very not positive encounter with this lady. And uh, I won't give the name that, that uh, we had for her. We, had, we did label her after that time. Uh, and so time went on, and, and uh, you know, my friend and I, we kind of had our paths that we took, and one day we were on this one corner, and, and I was on this blue four-wheeler, and he was on his. And uh, she came by this, this intersection, and she did this to us. And, you know, I was a young lad, but the spirit of, of Braveheart came up, and I brought a picture with me, and this is the spirit that I had, and that's the look I had on my face. I was like, oh, no, you didn't. And so I yelled at Steve. I said, charge! You know, because she took off down the road. And, I, and so, and mom and dad may not know this, but this is what happened. And so he chased after, he chased after this lady. I didn't really have a plan for what we were going to do if we caught her. Didn't matter, right? It was just the, the fact that she challenged us. And so I was on the little blue four-wheeler, man, and I'm just going as fast as that thing could go, just as fast as I can. And they, I could see him off in the distance. I could see the dust. He went down, and he took a right, and he was going up this really long hill. And so I'm like, mean, you know, I'm just trying to do my best to keep up. And so I, I'm coming up the hill, and I'm mean, I'm like, yeah, let's get him, you know, still had the spirit of Braveheart. And now all of a sudden, I see Steve, and he's not going that way. He's coming back. And I'm like, what, you know, did you get her, you know? And, and he's, he's like doing this, and I'm like, what, what? I can't hear you, you know? And he drives past me, he's like, turn around. That's all I heard. I was like, turn around. So I turned around, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's chasing us. And so I turned around, and he went back down the hill, and he's, you know, went in and weaved in back behind his house, and they had a bunch of evergreen trees, and I just barely made it by like this, just, just barely made it. And she was not happy. And she went to the house, and she knocked on the door, and thank God, Steve's dad was in the shower. <laughs> and so we hid out back behind, and we're kind of like peering out, you know, from behind the, the evergreens, like, oh, whew, she's gone. And so that was the last bad encounter that we had with that lady. And uh, I'm not saying we, we didn't do anything bad, and I'm not sure that you guys ever heard that story, but... Um, it doesn't really matter. It was just an encounter. It was a, it was a meeting of a hostile person, okay? And so let's talk about another, another encounter, you know, because the next definition is meeting or experiencing an, an experience with a person. And you guys can all think through your life of an experience with a person. The one that really stands out in my mind is when I met my wife, Rachel. And what happened was is that we, 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 I called her. It was a blind date. I had never met I'd never met Rachel. And so I reported to Copper Creek uh, uh, Apartments on this one night that we had uh, um, scheduled. I had my stonewashed jeans, my stonewashed shirt, and a white pair of Reeboks. I was really, really looking great. Actually, I wasn't. I was like, I don't think I brought any clothes home, and so I'm wearing a shirt of dad's and it was just bad, okay? But I go up, okay, and that's not the point. This encounter that happened was so good because I climbed the steps, and, and when I got to the door, the door swung open, and it was like one of those shampoo commercials out of the 90s when the hair just like flows back. She opens up the door, and I'm just like, whoa, you know? <laughs> you guys get it? Did I, did I paint a good picture for you there? 
She says she was wearing a black sweater, but I saw red. I don't know. It was just like one of those encounters where I experienced a person. Now, we laugh, and I've wasted five minutes of my, my message time talking about two goofy encounters. But that's what I'm talking about to today is an encounter. These are natural. These are temporal encounters that, you, that we've all had. And those are great. You know, we can laugh about them, and we can have a good time. But... The point that I want to get to you today, guys, is, is that Jesus wants to have an encounter with us. We should desire an encounter. We should desire an experience with Jesus. Not just one time, you know, two years ago. Not just one time when we were maybe a teenager and we gave our heart to Christ. Not just one time. No, we, we need to desire an encounter. And so what my, my, my desire for today is to look at this, this uh, story uh, and, and see some practical things that we can do to, you know, encounter Jesus on a daily and on a weekly basis. It can be done. It's not hard. It's, it's very, very simple. And, and, and that's, that's what he wants. And so if you're taking notes, uh, the first point there is, is that nothing is more important than a personal encounter with Jesus. Let's just pray real quick. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today, and I just want to thank you for our time here today, Father. And Lord, we don't take this lightly, and I just pray, Father God, that, that the Spirit of God would be in this place, that he would speak to hearts and speak to lives, Father God, as we look at this great story about Mary and Martha, Father. And I just thank you, Lord, that, they, that seeds will be deposited, seeds will be watered, and you will give the increase. And we just thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, you know, I want to talk to you guys about this, this story about Mary and Martha because it's a great illustration of, of two differing views, two different examples of people and how they uh, uh, encountered Jesus or how they didn't encounter Jesus. And so, you know, um, my question is, is that do you really know him? You know, because the Bible talks about the fact that, that, that Jesus told people, I never knew you. You know, and, and, and what we need to know is, is that this encounter that we have with Jesus, this experience that we have with Jesus, it's about knowing him. It's about having a desire to want to know him. Because when we know Jesus, uh, the real Jesus in our lives, we, we will have these encounters. He'll, you know, we'll be more sensitive to his leading. We'll be more sensitive to uh, uh, him speaking to our lives. And so we have to really focus in on this idea of, of knowing Jesus, really knowing Jesus. I like what Paul says in Philippians 3.8. It says in the uh, Passions Translation, it says, what is, what is more? I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, right? This is Paul. I mean, this guy, when he wrote this, he is in prison. And, and he's saying, I count everything as a loss, but to know Christ is what it's all about. And that's really what our lives need to be, that's what our lives need to embody, is this idea that, you know what? You know, I thank God for all of the blessings that I have in my life, but the one thing the one thing that is most important is knowing Jesus for who he is. Knowing Jesus comes from truly encountering him, experiencing him. We were designed, built, and made for the sole purpose of knowing, talking, communicating, and encountering him. And so today I want to look at this story. And so if you're taking notes, the next point that I want to make is, is that you need to know this, that God wants to have an encounter with you. And so in Luke 10, 38... 
We're going to look at this story because Mary and Martha, and you guys may know this story, but both of them loved Jesus. Both of them followed Jesus. Both of them served. And, 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 but on this one occasion, what we see is, is we see something a little bit different. We see something that Jesus wanted to teach, teach us and teach them. And really, it's about this idea of encounter. And so look what it says here in, in Luke 10, 38. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And so here it is. Martha receives him into her house. And I think about that when I, when I read that. I think about the fact that there's many, many Christians that receive him as their Lord and Savior, but that's kind of where it stops. It's, it's kind of like that, that one encounter that it's like, well, hey, you know, I received him. I walked the, the aisle on May 12th, you know, 2012, or whatever it is. And, and, and it's like Martha. They, you receive him into the house, but that's kind of where it stops. But look what it goes on to say. It says, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet, heard his words, but Martha was distracted with serving she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. One thing is needful in our lives today, guys. Mary, she chose the good part which will not be taken from her. And so today, I want to look at three ways that Martha missed an encounter, and I want to look at three ways that Mary had an encounter. And so in your notes there, the first thought is this. It's that Martha was distracted with serving and work and what she thought had to be done. How many of you guys are ever distracted with the work and the things that you think have to be done and all of the things that go on in our lives? It's like, we, you know, it's not, they're not bad things, but the same thing happened here. And so number one in your notes is this. Number one is distractions will rob you of an experience with God. Just as Martha was distracted by all of the different things that she thought that needed to be taken place, we too can be, that can happen in our lives, right? The news, social media, political views, trucker convoys, Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, there is a list that's like a mile long with all of the different distractions that go on around us. And, and, and the, same thing has happened, the same thing happened in Mary's life. And for all of us, the distractions are subtle. I mean, they can, be, they can be differences with family members. They can maybe be a, 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 a um, you know, you're, you don't, you're not seeing eye to eye with your spouse. It could be you, your kids are, are, are uh, struggling. You know, maybe they're struggling. Maybe they're not getting along. Maybe they're not obeying you. There's all kinds of different distractions that we face. And, but I'm here today to tell you that we can't allow those distractions to get in the road of the one thing. It doesn't mean that they don't matter. It doesn't mean that God doesn't care. I'm not saying that. It, it just means that we can't allow those distractions to be the dominant thing in our lives to, because, because ultimately what happens is, is that it robs us of that encounter. You know, when we're so focused on whatever it is, and I think for each and every one of us it's different. You know, it, it, for me, it, it, 
it's kids and, and just life and busyness. I mean, we have, you know, it's like I look at the calendar and I can't even see the black behind it because there's so many dots on it, you know. And, and those aren't bad things. But I ask myself the question, it's like, man, you know, where am I going to spend time with God? And, and, and how can I fit, fit, you know, that relationship into my life so that I make sure that I keep the one thing, the one thing? Because it is the most important thing. It is the priority that should be my, in my life. And so I can't allow the distractions uh, um, to, to rob me of that encounter with God. You know, Jesus described some distractions in Mark 4. If you uh, look in your notes there, it says this. But worries and cares of this world, the distractions of this age, there are a lot of distractions in this age. Am, aren't, am I right? With its worldly pleasures, the deceitfulness, the false security and glamour of wealth or fame, and the passionate desires for all other things creep in and choke out the word. And I tell you what, man, you know, that, I believe that that is the enemy's number one way, one of the number one ways, or one of the ways, I guess you should say, that he kind of gets into our lives. You know, he, primarily it's through our mind, but I got to believe a, a, a short second to that is the distractions of life, the things that he's tempting us with and, and causing us, you know, if he can just get in and just get a little bit and just begin to drive that wedge one little tap at a time with one distraction or maybe it's a couple distractions where it's like God just begins to be pushed out of our life. And so we have to be very, very careful that we're not allowing these distractions to rob us of an encounter. And so my question is, you know, what distracts you? You know, maybe write that on the side of your notes there. What, what draws you away from God? Because the thing is, is that if you write it down and you, and, you, and, you, and you make a note of it, it's like, then it's like, okay, mental note taken. Man, I need to, I need to not allow this distraction. And, and when that distraction comes, then you can call it for what it is. You can say, no, 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 no. This is, all this is meant to do is to draw me away from God. All this is meant to do is to keep me from maybe spending time in the Word. Maybe the, you know, and, and so if you just make that note, then that distraction won't rob you from an experience with uh, God. Jesus told Martha, you are careful and troubled. You are careful and troubled. You know, and so maybe you're, maybe you're careful. Maybe you're troubled. I don't know. Maybe you're worried. You know, I, I, I think another thing is, is that sometimes we're not, we're a whole lot more concerned about what other people are doing and what's going on in their lives and not what's going on in, in our lives. You know, we, it's, it's kind of that busybody thing, you know, like, well, you know, I'm just concerned about them. I just want to make sure, you know, and when in reality, it's like, it's really none of your business, you know, what's going on in their life, how it is that they're, they, they didn't ask you for their opinion, but yet the other people's lives, how they live, what they believe, the choices that they're making, and, and we concern ourselves with it, and, and it becomes a distraction. When in reality, it's like we really just need to look at our own life, look at our own distractions, maybe stop looking at what other people are doing, what other people are thinking, what, you know, whether they believe in the vax or not, you know, how they're raising their kids, and just focus on our own stuff. Because the thing is, guys, is that's a distraction. And, you know, as I was preparing, it, it, it says, I came across this scripture this week, and it says this. If, if you're troubling yourself with others, you're choosing to live their life. 
choosing to raise their family, choosing to run their business, choosing whether they vax or not, it's a distraction to you. And, 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 and we, um, so the scripture is Proverbs eleven twenty nine. That's where I was at. It says, when you bring trouble, you'll inherit the wind. And I think that what happens is, is that when we, when we inject ourselves into other people's life, now I understand there are people, God wants us to share. He wants us to help. He wants to, to be led and to help other people. And there is a time and a place for that. When, when people are open to that and we can step into that and God can use what it is that he's planted into our lives to help those people. But I, what I'm talking about is the person that every day it's like we get up and all we're concerned about is what everybody else is doing. That's what I'm talking about. Because what we don't realize is that the enemy is, is planting a seed into our lives that causes division in our lives. It causes us to be a person that is, is not pleasant to be around. And what Proverbs is saying is, is it's saying, listen, if you want to sow discord and you want to sow problems and you want to create issues and you want to talk and you want to criticize and you want to do all those things in other people's lives, you need to be very, very careful because Proverbs 11.29 says that when you do that, you're going to inherit the wind. What does that mean? Nothing. It's just going to be like nothing in your life. You're going to lose the things that, that you really desire. And so it's just better that if, if nothing's been asked of you, you just keep your mouth shut and you just stay in neutral. You believe what you believe. You stay, you know, stay in the word, keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, and fix your own thing. Does that make sense? And so that's just, that was just a side note. So don't let distractions rob you like they did Martha. Martha missed, guys, get this, Martha missed it. She was working and distracted and troubled, and she missed an encounter with Jesus. Jesus was in her home. Can you think, I mean, think about that, man. If Jesus showed up today to watch the Super Bowl with you, would you be just running around? I mean, some of us would be like, dear God, my house is a mess. <laughs> you don't think he knows that, right? I mean, if you got four kids or two kids or three kids, it doesn't matter. Your, your house is always a mess because you clean it up and you turn around. And, my God, I didn't, I didn't think I did anything there, you know? But if Jesus showed up to your house, would you go into that saying, I'm going to have an encounter with Jesus. I don't care what any, I don't care what the dog's barking. He just peed on the floor. I don't care what the kids are doing. I am going to have an encounter with Jesus. Is that what you would be or would you be like Martha? But think about it. Our lives, man, there's so many distractions going on. And we say, oh, I would never be like Martha. Well, maybe you want to go back to that question that I asked. What's distracting you? Because it will rob you of an experience and an encounter with God. The second thing is this. Feelings got the best of Martha. Jesus, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? Right? It goes on to say that my sister has left me to serve alone. Right? So she went from being distracted to the next thing is her feelings are hurt. Right? She's like, Lord, don't you care that she doesn't help me? So the second point is this. Feelings will destroy you and keep you from experiencing God. Martha was feeling sorry for herself. She was, she was pouting. She wasn't getting her way. And she felt put out by the fact that Mary wasn't helping. She let her feelings get the best of her. And, and to Martha, it seemed unfair. But isn't that what feelings do? It's kind of this progression. You know, you kind of see this progression with Martha because it's like, first it starts with a distraction. And then she starts to internalize and she kind of gets this, you know, uh, 
poor old me mentality. And I think the same thing is happen, that happens in our lives when things don't go the way that we want, it, want them to. Or, you know, maybe we have an expectation for how something's going to go down, and the next thing you know, it doesn't happen. So our feelings get hurt, and we get a little bit squirrely in our thinking, and we start to think that God didn't care and that he didn't answer the question. When in reality, or, you know, our, our desire, our prayer, when in reality, it's like, listen, you know, if you would just, you know, push all those distractions to the side and, and not seek him for the answer per se, but just say, Lord, I want to come to you. I want to know you. I want to experience you. I, I know that I got these things going on in my life. This, this isn't working. My kids aren't working. My, my wife's not working. My, my husband's not working. I'm not saying that my wife's not working. I'm just saying all of these things that are going on, if we just say, you know what? I'm just going to push all these distractions to the side. I'm going to push all these feelings to the side. Man, I, 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 yeah, maybe we're wronged. Maybe, maybe something, somebody did hurt you badly. Maybe, and I don't minimize that. But what I'm here today to tell you is, is that if you stay parked by that feeling, that, that feeling where you've been taken advantage of, that feeling where you have been wronged, you're going to miss. You're going to be just like Martha, and you are going to miss an experience and an encounter with God. You just need to say, you know what? The distractions are what they are. My feelings, you know, yes, they might be valid, but I don't live by my feelings. I live by my faith. And, I'm, and my faith is, is that I'm coming to you. I'm going to encounter you. I, I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you that you're going to work this all out. I kind of like it in it to Matthew 6, You seek me and all the other things will be added unto you. You seek me and all those other things will be taken care of. You seek me and the feelings will just disappear. You seek me, the distractions, you know, might still be there, but... You, you get what I'm saying. The answer will come. The healing will come. The restoration will come. It will. If we will make a, make a point to not be distracted, make a point to not live and be ruled by our feelings because feelings will destroy you. Proverbs 14, 12 says it this way. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end leads to death. Isn't that what a feeling is? Well, it seems right. It seems like I was wronged. It seems like they shouldn't have said that. Seems like their tone wasn't right. Seems like, you know, my wife said that to me and I shouldn't, she shouldn't have said it. Seems like my husband never does anything. It seems that way. And so, you know, but what that's saying is, is that if we live our lives based on that, on our feelings, it's, it's not going to bring blessing in our life. It's not going to bring encouragement in our life. No, we have to not be ruled by our feelings. If we allow our feelings to lead us and dictate our life as Martha did, we will not experience God. It just won't. Because we're, we're consternated. And, and, and we, we, you know, we're, we got all this strife and consternation and worry and anxiety and all these things in our heart. And we're allowing our hearts to be just overran. And it's like we just have to say, you know what? I, I am, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to get in, in, go away. You know, I like to drive down the road and turn up music really, really loud in my ears. I know, it's, I think it's supposed to be illegal or something like that to drive with earbuds in. No, it's not. Good. I love Steve. You know, he's just like my law book. You know, it's like I can, you know, look at him and know if I'm in the right or the wrong. So, but anyway, you got to find that place. 
You got to find that place in your life where it's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get in, in uh, go in my bedroom. I'm gonna lock the door. I'm gonna get in my car. I'm gonna I'm gonna drive down the road. Turn on some music. I'm gonna listen. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to push these distractions away. I'm gonna push these feelings away, and I'm gonna go to God, and I'm gonna I'm gonna praise Him. I'm gonna worship Him. I'm gonna magnify. Him. I'm gonna invite Him. I'm gonna ask Him to come in. I want an experience with him. I want an encounter with him. I don't want to live my life and be like, oh, I had an encounter two years ago. No, we need to be people that are pushing forward and not be like Martha. And so it leads me to my third point, this. It leads us, the the third mistake that Martha made was is that she demanded her own way. Jesus, get Mary to help me. It's, and it's like I said before, it's a progression. It's this slow progression. It starts with a little distraction. Next thing you know, our feelings are hurt. And next thing you know, we're demanding our own way. And so that leads me to this point, is that demanding your way will cut off an experience with God. Mar- Martha was distracted. She had her feelings hurt. And she was demanding her own way. And so her, you know, here, here's Jesus in her house speaking truth. And yet she is missing the forest for the trees. So my question to you guys today is is that secretly, don't raise your hand. Are you distracted? Are there feelings in your life that, that rule you? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe you're bitter. You know, do those things, are they ruling your life? Because if they are, you're going to have a hard time experiencing God. But I'm here today to tell you that you can take the next step. You can take the next step and you can say, nope, I'm not going to live my life like Martha did. I'm not going to, to, to cause myself to stumble in these areas. I'm going to make a different choice. And so we're going to look now at what Mary did to encounter Jesus. And look what it says here in your notes. The first thing is, is that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. And so number one point is this. Following is a choice, right? Another point I could say, and I didn't put it in there, but you got to get yourself into position, right? If you want to, if you want to hear from God, if you want to know God, and you want to experience God in your life, you're going to have to do what Mary did. She 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 pushed all those distractions away, and she went and she just sat down, right at the feet of Jesus. And I guarantee you, all hell was breaking loose all around her. Right? Right? Martha, man, she's probably running all pots, banging pots and pans because she's mad at Mar- you know, uh, Mary for sitting at Jesus' feet. Right? But that's what we're going to have to do in our lives. Dog will be barking. Kids will be screaming. Cat's not happy. Who likes cats anyway? But, you know, I mean, there's all these things going on around us. What are you going to do? Are you going to make the choice to follow him. Man, when the alarm clock goes off and the, the ticker meter starts running in your head and it's like you got all these things to do and you're thinking about all these things to do, where is that choice in your head? Where is that choice that's like, you know what? It'll all be there when I get there. You know, one of the things that my dad has said for years, and I actually just started doing this, it took me 40 some odd years to figure it out. He says when he goes and, and spends time in the Word of God, he has a, a notepad right over here. And anytime something comes up, he just writes it right down there. It's a distraction. 
That's all it is. It's a distraction. And, and so here you are. You've made this choice to follow him. And you're, you're, you've made this merry choice to go sit at Jesus' feet. And, and, and here you are. And what happens? Ding! 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 Well, the first thing is, you probably, just don't take the phone with you to the place that you're going to experience God. Right? Do you think that Moses took his smartphone with him to the tent? you got to leave the distractions behind you can be like marriage is like i'm not taking nothing i'm going in here i'm taking a notebook and i'm taking the bible and i'm going to go in here and i'm going to experience god and he's going to show me things he's going to deposit things in my life and you got to make that choice and so when the when the ticker starts rolling in the morning it's like nope 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 nothing nothing else matters. It is the one thing that I need to do in my life is to spend time with him and come to him and experience him and make that choice to follow, make that choice to sit at his feet. She sat down. Everything's going on, all the pressure, but she chose the one thing. That's what I love about God. He gives us a free choice. You guys know Deuteronomy 30, 19 says it this way. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So every day when you wake up and, you're, and, you're, and you come into consciousness, ugh, some, of it's slower, some of us are slower than others, am I right? <laughs> My mom makes fun of me because like, you know, when I was growing up, she'd come in and wake me up. I'm a light sleeper, right? And like I am shocked out of out of sleep, like ah, right. My wife, she still makes fun of me. My son's the same way. I go down there to wake him up, same way. That doesn't have anything to do with this message. But the point is this: When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? Are you going to do it in the morning? You going to get up before everybody else gets up? You going to you going to make the decision to 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 come home at night when you're tired and sleepy, and your wife made a big giant meal? And you're sitting in the recliner and you get about halfway through, or you're reading or your prayer or whatever it is. We can't approach him that way, guys. We can't approach him just half-heartedly. Give him your best. Give him your best for, for, you know, if it's 30 minutes, you just give him your best. Man, maybe you have a 15-minute drive or maybe you have a 10-minute drive. And it's like nothing else matters. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn on some music, and I'm going to worship God for 10 minutes from point A to point B. And those, those moments are non-negotiables, right? You don't pick up the phone. You don't do anything else. You're like, this is what I'm going to do. It's the one thing. And, I'm, and I know that that's the challenge. It's like, well, I don't, have, I don't have an hour to do it. Well, guess what? You could do 15 minutes here. You could do 20 minutes here. You could do 30 minutes here. You could do 45 minutes here. Those, those blocks of time is, is where you're, you're asking God into your life. And you're saying, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. I want you to speak to my life. I want your word in my life because I know that, that it's you that's going to guide me. It's you that's going to direct me. And so I'm going I'm to carve out these moments in my life so that I can experience you. It's that choice. Following is a choice. And so as an individuals and as families and as a church, 2022 is going to be a year where we encounter Jesus. Why? Because it's a choice. 
It's a choice. It's kind of like I talked about, guys, at the beginning of the service. Like, if you're coming to church, just, ah, you know what? Let's go, go do that so we can check that off the block so that we can then go and make all of our glorious food for the Super Bowl. You are missing it all. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to live a life that's like lackluster and just, just eh, you know, giving God half, giving him just, uh, just give him a little bit here, give him a little bit there. That isn't what he wants, man. He wants the best. And if we want to experience and encounter him, we got to be all in. We got to give him everything in our lives. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. That's going to be the choices of individuals in this church. That's what I'm believing for. That's what I'm praying for. That's going to be the choice to follow him of individuals and families and as a church. When we come on Wednesdays, we're expecting. It's not just the midweek service. It's a time where we can, we can come and be uh, blessed by him. We have prayer. What time is it at? 6.15 on Wednesday nights. We're going to come and we're going to pray for our church. It's, it's, it's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. It's directed. It's, it's beneficial. It's productive. And we're going to do it. Why? Because we want to encounter with God. On Sunday mornings, we're coming. We're expecting. If there's a deep class, we're going to come and expect. If there's something that we're going to come and serve for, we're coming expecting to give, to, to deposit into these kids' lives. We're setting a foundation. This isn't just child care. It's not, that's not just child care. The room back there is not just child care. Our youth, that is not just child care. We are building a foundation that will not be shaken in these kids' lives. And it takes people that are more mature, I would hope, spiritually mature, to, to be in those rooms and not, it, this is not a, an obligation. This isn't something you have to do. If, it, if that's where you're at, you shouldn't be there. This is serious stuff. We're talking about the spiritual well-being of mankind here. And so we have to be serious about this, guys. It, it, you know, and I don't mean to be, you know, abrasive, but it's serious stuff. This is serious business. We're talking about the lives of people that are going to go to hell if we, as the church, as people, if we are distracted and we're ruled, our, our lives are ruled by feelings, you know what? There are going to be people that miss heaven. As a church, if we're not doing it, what it is that we need to do, if we're not praying, if we're not serving, and if we're not you know, putting our hand to the plow, if we're kind of looking back and looking at what other people are doing and being distracted, we could miss it. And so we're very intentional. We're intentional about prayer. We're intentional about our services. We're intentional that, 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 that we're expecting. We're intentional about inviting people. We're intentional about them coming in and, and being a part. We're intentional about them getting involved and, 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 and stepping into what it is that we've stepped into. We're intentional about helping them. We're helping them and welcoming them. And it's not just about us. We're a caring church. And we want more people to come in, begin to grow spiritually, and, and, and we're all working together to be an influence. That's what we are. That's what we're doing, and that's what we're going to do in this year. But it takes an encounter with God. We're not, we're not just gathering together to sing Kumbaya. That was a great song. But it's like, no, we're here to experience and encounter Jesus. Because here's the thing. When people walk through that door, it is not some man, uh, word of man's wisdom that's going to help them. 
It is the presence of the Almighty God that is going to change and transform their life forever. And it's up to me and you to make sure that this environment and this culture is what's, what's expecting that and desiring that and wanting that. So that when people that are lost and hurting and need answers come into this place as believers and as, as a family, we have, we have raised the, the presence and the, 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 the presence of God in this place. It's up to me and it's up to you. It's up to all of us to do that. And so we have to do that each and every Sunday, each and every Wednesday. We have to come and bring our supply that during the week, it wasn't that we just came on Sunday and, well, my church is over with. No, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we are in the Word. We're encountering God. We're expecting something. We're growing. We're, 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 we're walking in victory. Are there problems and different difficulties in life? Absolutely. But the thing is, is that we're coming and we're expecting and we're bringing our supply. Why? So that other people can be brought in. So that other people can be helped. So that other people can be transformed, changed, and delivered. It's up to all of us. Number two is this. The second thing Mary did to encounter Jesus, Mary heard what Jesus was saying. Attention is required. In your notes, attention is required. Mary was able to push aside all the distractions, the stuff that needed to be done, the oil that needed to be changed, the floor that needed to be swept, the beds that needed to be washed, the, the meal that needed to be cooked. She pushed it all away, and intention was required. Her sister was mad at her. How many of you guys got a sister that's mad at you? Don't raise your hand. Your sister might be sitting right next to you. How many of you got a brother that's mad at you? How many of you got a dad that's mad at you? Mom that's mad at you? Hmm? Mary said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not, letting, I'm not letting how they feel. I'm not letting their feelings. I'm not letting that they're mad at me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting that happen. Attention is required. Look at what it says in Matthew 7. Matthew 7, 13 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Guys, in today's day and age, this road is becoming broad. There are churches that are preaching stuff that is not even biblical. And there are masses of people that are following that teaching. Now, I'm not saying that we got the corner on the block, okay? I am a teachable person. There are things that I need to learn. But here's the thing. If it isn't in the Word, it, uh, it's, it's not true. And so we have to be very, very wise in, 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 in these last days, what we're listening to. Be very, very selective to what it is that you're listening to. Because when you're listening to that stuff, it is planting something in you. It is growing a root in you. And there may come a time in your life that it is not necessarily a good thing. But look what it goes on to say. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. When I was a junior in high school, I worked for Tom Bates, the best sighting man in southwest Iowa. Tom, Tom's, Tom's seams and his corners and 
his craftsmanship is on a next level of perfection. And for a perfectionist, it's a blessing. I mean, it just warms your heart when you walk past something that's been bent and it's perfect. I mean, the cock, I mean, it's perfect. It couldn't be done better. I couldn't have done it better myself. Well, one day I was driving to work, a little bit behind. You know how that goes. Get out of the house a little late, slept in a little too long. I'm driving down the road and uh, had this 1981 C10 Chevy truck. Amazing truck. Been looking for another one. Anybody knows one? You want to buy me one? I'm open to it. I'm rolling down the road, and my speaker, which was right down here, was a nice fashion box. Tom would have really frowned on it, but it's all I had. Okay? Uh, he didn't pay me much, so I couldn't afford any lumber to buy, build one. And so I had a cardboard box I found in the, in the garage, and I cut a hole in it, and I dropped that 6x9 in there, wired that baby up, and I am rolling down the road jamming out. Okay? Now, got a confession to make. I might have not been listening to the very glorious, God, godly music that time. But the speaker wasn't working that morning. And I was late, so I was rolling, right, like this. And I'm wiring away, wiring, wiring, wiring. Yep, almost there, got that one, got that one. And I look up, I'm like, my God, I am halfway off the road. And there was nothing I could do. And by God's grace... I went over the top of the tube that went under the, under the road, and I went through the fence. Now, let me just tell you, that is a loud experience. Have you ever driven through a barbed wire fence? Not through it, but through it, right? Like, ding, 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 ding. Like, I think I drove down, down, I drove through the barbed wire fence for about a quarter of a mile. And I got out. Truck still running, smoke, <laughs> I get out of the truck. I look underneath, all four tires are inflated. I'm still late. I'm like, let's roll, throw it in first. And I go, I just head off. And actually, it really just made a really, really nice looking truck. Tore all the chrome off, kind of gave it a rustic patina look. That's really in right now. <laughs> My point is this, attention is required. In life, if you are looking down and you are looking at all the other things that are going on, it's kind of like the distractions that we talked about early with, with Martha. These distractions can come in so many forms. And the road that leads our lives is narrow. It's gravel. It's dusty. you got to have both hands on the wheel unless you're like me. And you can float it down the road. But you just got to keep your eye on the road. Because if you get your eye off the road and you start looking at the 6 by 9 speaker and the wiring and all of this stuff, you're going to end up on your ear. You're going to end up driving through. You're going to have destruction. There's going to be lots of smoke. There's going to be lots of dust. There's going to be things where you then drive up to the farmer's house and he says, I said, hey, man, I ran through your fence. He goes, I see that. He was, he was eating his oatmeal that morning. I said, I'll come back and fix it. He goes, that's right, you will. And so dad and I, it was a painful experience, painful, because dad didn't want to be out there. And here we are, we had to fix this guy's fence, you know, and so dad's got this fence puller and we're trying to figure out, well, not figure it out, he's doing all the work, I'm watching, he's torqued off because I drove through the fence. The point is this, in our lives, attention is imperative. 
We have to be like Mary. We have to focus on what it is that's going on in our lives because God wants to bring blessing. He wants to bring health. He wants to bring restoration. He wants to bring an answer in your life. But you just got to do a checkup on your life. Are you looking at the six by nine? Are you looking up and realizing, my God, I am driving off the road here, right? Maybe you're in the ditch. I don't know. Maybe you drove through and your tires are flat and things are, you know, what I'm saying is this. Get your attention back onto him and, and commit to him. Be just like uh, um, uh, Mary did. She heard what Jesus was saying. Look in your notes here. It's, it says this. It's one thing to listen, and it's another thing to hear. It's one thing to listen. You guys can come in here. We can laugh. I can tell stories. and You can listen to me. That was good. Or did you hear what it was that I was saying? Did you hear what it was that the Holy Spirit was trying to get to you? Because here's the thing, each and every person that's sitting in here, you're listening, but are you hearing? The question you have to ask yourself is, is what is the Holy Spirit saying to me right now? That was a funny story, but what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What adjustment do I need to make? What distraction do I have in my life? Am I being ruled by my feelings? What is it? Answer the question. Every time you come to church, you should be asking that question. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me today? Don't be, don't be oblivious. He's trying to speak. And when you tune yourself into that, he will speak. And so it's one thing to listen. It's another thing to hear. We have to pay attention. The third thing, the third action that Mary took is this, to encounter Jesus. She chose the good part, the good part. And Jesus said it wouldn't be taken from her. And so number three in your notes is our commitment matters. Our commitment matters when it comes to the one thing. This isn't just like making, making a decision and a choice today. That's great. It's not just making a choice for three or four or five days and then be like, well, I fall, fell off the road, fell off the wagon. It's a commitment. It's something that we have to commit to every single day of our lives. Commitment means this. It's a feeling of dedication and loyalty to an activity. Wholeheartedly dedicated. Wholeheartedly. That's like, man, there's, there's nothing else that matters. There's nothing else that matters. Commitment mattered to Mary. Mary had it right. She was committed to not just listening to what Jesus was saying, but to hearing what it was that he was saying. She knew that the words that Jesus spoke could change your life. She seized the opportunity for what it is that, that she wanted to receive that day. And so my question to you today is this, as we close. Are you truly committed to knowing Jesus? encountering him, experiencing his presence in your life. Because it's a commitment. It's like, you know, we, and we've talked about much of this. I mean, we saw it in Martha's life. We saw it in Mary's life. You know, it takes commitment. We're going to have to make that commitment. You know, um, I, I kind of like this. I didn't want to use this story today, but, but you guys can look for yourself. So you guys go read Philippians 3 after, after service today, and you can read in the life of Paul where he, 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 he goes down through all of these things that he did in life. He did all these things. Linda, you can come up. Um, he did all these different things. He, he accomplished all these things. You know, you guys know the life of Paul. I mean, he was Saul before. He persecuted people. He persecuted Christians. He lived his life, but something happened. He encountered Jesus on the road, right? And his eyes were opened, and, and, his, and his life was never the same. 
But if you read in Philippians 3, he's in prison. And, and we read this scripture at the very beginning today that, that, that said that there was nothing more important. And he had this big, long list of all of these things that he had accomplished and all of these things that he had done and this prominence and all of these things. Like, you know, he probably, if he was on the earth today, we would have looked up to him like, man, this guy's got it going on. But there's something that he said. He, he just said, he's like, man, none of it, none of that stuff matters. In, our, you know, in his life, he's like, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is knowing God. And in our lives, no matter what's going on, no matter what we face, no matter what challenge we have, there's nothing else that matters. Knowing Christ is what it's all about. And I like what it goes on to say there in Philippians 3. Read it. Man, right before the Super Bowl, maybe at halftime, turn off the halftime show because it's not going to be worth nothing and read Philippians 3. Because it goes on to say that he, he said, I press on. I press on. And, 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 and what I'm talking about is this commitment. Man, each and every day, Paul's pressing. He's pressing. He's pressing. Pressing into the things of God. Pressing into knowing more. He didn't, he didn't just like, well, I guess I'm going to sit down here and just take a load off. No. He pressed in. And that's what our lives need to exemplify. That's what we need to do. So, I'm going to have every head bow and every eye closed today. Today is your day to square up, right? To get right with God. And it's between you and Him. Because if we live a life that's distracted, we are going to miss what God has for us. He created you to, to, he wants a relationship, a close, intimate relationship where you can fellowship with him and talk to him and, he, and hear his voice. And so today is the day, if, if you're that person that you've been distracted, today's the day. Just say, just lift up your hand real quick and put it down. That's all you got to do. I'm that person. I see that hand. You can put it down and put that down. Great, great. Come on, if you're distracted, just say, Lord, I'm distracted, and I need your help, because he wants to help you. And with an uplifted hand, it's like, Lord, that's me. I've been distracted. I need your help. I desire you. I'm inviting you into my, into my, my life. I need you to help me with what it is that's going on. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tell you what, he loves us. He cares for us. And he wants us to have an encounter with him. And I know that today you're going to encounter him. The things that you've been dealing with, the challenges that you've been facing, the things that maybe have been haunting your mind, you're going to be set free. It's going to be a new beginning. It's going to be a new step. And, and from this point forward, you're going, to, you're going to mark that day. February 12th. Is that what it is? February 12th. 13th. I don't care. Write it down, whatever you want to do. February 12th, February 13th, doesn't matter. Today is the day. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to move from being a Martha to being a Mary. And I'm going to focus on him. I'm going to choose to follow him. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Father, for these people that raised their hands. Father, you know what's going on in their life. You know what they face. You know what they're dealing with. And you care for them. And Father, with that uplifted hand, Father, today, it was, 
it was saying, I surrender this to you. I give this distraction to you. I'm moving forward today. I'm leaving this distraction behind. I'm leaving this feeling behind. I'm leaving this thing that is hindering my life from knowing you, from experiencing you, from an encounter with you. I'm leaving it right here. So that when I walk through those doors, my life will be different. It will be changed. Your presence will be in my life each and every day. And when I'm tempted to maybe pick that, dis- that distraction back up, I will recognize it. The Holy Spirit will remind me that I set it down. And Father, I just thank you for strengthening each and every person that is in here that has made that decision today. I thank you, Father, for that encounter, that they'll go home, they'll make a note of it, they'll write it down, and they'll remember it. They'll, 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 they'll use it as a, as a mo- moment in their life of celebration that this is when my life changed. This is when I had a turn. And Lord, I know that you'll begin to work in their lives. Things that maybe have been going on for years, Father, I know I will, that they will watch you change it subtly as, as only you can do. And I just thank you, Father God, that you're going to do that in their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.